the title of the series we're beginning today may be a little confusing for some because we think, wait a minute, the cross, we don't do that till Easter, right? Well, the truth of the matter is, if there is no Christmas, there is no cross. And we want to make that so real during this season because it's so easy for that not to be the case. And we don't mean for that to happen, but it can happen. So what I want to do, I want to read the scripture I'm going to give you today in a different translation, in the message translation. I want to read that for you. And so just, if you would, listen quietly uh, while I read that. And then we'll move into more of what the application is as we look at the shepherds on Christmas. Okay. Beginning verse 8, Luke chapter 2, there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set the night watch over their sheep, and suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angels said, don't be afraid. I am here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And the angel choir withdrew into heaven, and the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, seeing what was belie- seeing was believing. And they told everybody that they met what the angels had said about the child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all these things in her heart, holding them dear, deep within herself. And the shepherds returned. I love this translation. And the shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Let's pray. Father, today as we're gathered... And we are in a season of celebration, a season of maybe a little different than what we've been accustomed to. And yet, God, your presence is the real thing. We love all the celebration and festivity, but it's you, God, that makes the difference in our lives. It's you, God, that makes the difference. And how we get up every day and go about our daily activities. It's you, God, that allows us in the midst of all the busyness of our world to pause, pay attention, and to concentrate on you. So thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your divine presence is our reality. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the quote from David Jeremiah. We are so used to Christmas that we become dazed by the season instead of being amazed by the reason. We become dazed by the season rather than amazed 
by the reason. Now, what does it mean to be dazed? It's an old story by now around here, but last summer I fell off a two-step step stool, hit my head on the concrete, and I was dazed. When Sheila arrived, I still wasn't at a place where I could talk. I couldn't formulate a sentence. I was in a state of being dazed. And there's a lot of things in our world that cause us to be dazed. But the question I want to pose for us this morning is, what is it that really causes us to be amazed? And are we, are we, and I'm talking about those of us who know Christ as our personal Savior, are we amazed at God and what He has done for us? And why in this season that we're celebrating the birth of His Son, why is it in this season that our attention is pulled away from why we even celebrate Christmas to begin with. So what is it that dazes us and what is it that amazes us? The other thing for me, as I read this scripture, my first question is, okay, God, why shepherds? For those who were here last year, the series we did as we led up to Christmas, it was pointed out, I hope very pointedly for us to realize that on that day of the birth of Christ, the wise men were nowhere around. In fact, it was probably close to two years later that they arrived on the scene. And so... Yes, the wise men were made aware because of the star that was such an amazing star. But it was the shepherds, the normal workaday folks in their culture that God chose to send an angel to give this pronouncement of the absolute, absolute divine sovereign work of God in the giving of his son in that birth there in Bethlehem that we celebrate on December the 25th. Days in a maze. I, as I read that from David Jeremiah's article, and I, I kept thinking, well, really, we, we do get dazed and amazed. And yesterday, for those, I know you've been made aware, we did the Christmas shop yesterday, and we had, I think it was about 50 families total, right, Mark? About 50 families that receive ministry. And, and, and I watched because I, I've been cheating. I've been doing this message, and so I'm getting ready. And I'm watching the folks that are coming in. I'm talking to them as many as I can. And I find that some of them are dazed by the things of Christmas. But let me tell you this. It's important for you to hear this. The team that was here are working, and I know a ton of work went on before, so it wasn't like it all happened yesterday. But the team that was here working yesterday expressed the love of Christ in such a genuine way that there were folks who came in who were amazed at what God was doing, that somebody cared enough. They were blown away, amazed by the generosity of this church family giving to the community and helping and such a variety of folks a grandfather who is now because of 
the condition of his daughter having to raise his three grandchildren. He's retired. His wife's still working. I love my grandkids. They live somewhere else. Which helps me love them more. The mother who in this last year has lost one of her children to cancer at age 11. People who've gone through all sorts of trauma and difficulty. And you might ask, and it would be a legitimate question. Were some of those situations the result of poor choices? Of course it is. But (laughs) that's not always the case. And as someone said yesterday, Becky said it, it reminds us, each of us who are here on that Saturday, of how blessed we really are. Not just in the sense of what we're going to get for Christmas or what we already have and material things, but just to see what families are walking through. And these are folks who live in our community or our area. So dazed and amazed. And the question that I kept working on all week as I worked on this, actually I've had this for a couple weeks now, but how do, we, how do we do that? How do we move from being dazed to really being amazed? What is it that we can do to make that happen for us? So we have this little exercise. Hank, if you'll do what I've asked you to do to bring the lights down, please. As the house lights come down, I want you to notice up here on the stage that we have a lighted Christmas tree and two lighted Christmas wreaths. And those are wonderful LED lights. And for the most part, and please, I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm saying that in the Christmas season, most of us focus our attention on the bright lights of Christmas. And I love the lights of Christmas, so don't think that I'm being critical. I love the lights of Christmas. The other morning, it was early. I was out in the sunroom. Our house is decorated for Christmas. My wife is an amazing decorator. For those who don't know, we have 50-something years of collecting Christmas things that she's able to display each year. And I'm just sitting there in the sunroom, drinking my coffee, Turn the Christmas tree on, just sit there and enjoy the tree. So I love the lights of the season. I really do. But ultimately for me, it's this light here, the light of the cross, that makes the difference in my life. Because without that light, there is no light. And I know we go beyond that to the tomb and the resurrection. All that's so important. But in this season, when it's easy for us to get dazed, have our attention captured by something less than what is the ultimate of our attention, it's for us to decide and determine why we're, as believers, celebrating this season called Christmas. You can bring them back up now, Hank, please. One of the delights at our home in Christmas decoration 
is a gift that someone gave us numbers of years ago. It's the ceramic nativity scene. And of all the decorations that we pull out for Christmas, that's our favorite decoration. It's just amazing. The craftsmanship that someone put into it. And so you can be absolutely assured that when we're packing this stuff up, it goes back very carefully. And all the styrofoam in the box is taken really good care of. And when it comes out next year, Lord willing, same thing, a lot of care. Now, why is that our favorite? Because it's Christ. It represents his birth, the reason that we even have and the reason we even celebrate Christmas. But the angel said to them, let me back up. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. How many of you have ever been out in the country? I know some of you live in the country. I live in kind of close to town. But have you ever been out in the country on on a, a night where it's just nothing but starlight? You know what that's like? Okay. Well, that's what it was for them. There were no street lights. There was no artificial light. They were out in their pastures with the starlight and maybe a campfire, which I think they would have this time of year. Can you imagine suddenly an angel of the Lord? Can you imagine suddenly an angel of the Lord stood before them? Everything I've read about angels, everything I've studied about angels, there is such a reality of their presence that it, it absolutely symbolizes the glory and the praise of God. It says, And the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terribly frightened. How would you be? How would you be if you were out in a pasture on a star night? And suddenly, literally, an angel of God stood before you. And again, back to my question, God, why the angels? Why the angels? Why why these guys? They were the, the lowly, as it were. They were the, the work-a-day folks, all kind of like us, right? And there he chooses to reveal himself to them. And in their moment of fright, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Behold, he says, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people, to all people, not just to all people there in that region, but to all people in all the world and not just to all people, excuse me, in all the world in that particular area, but to all people in all the world for all the days to come, including now. I, I would hope, I would pray you would take the time, if you have not done so, get back into Luke chapter 2 and just let the Holy Spirit take this chapter of the birth of Christ and make it more real to you than it's ever been before. Why? So we can move beyond being dazed by the light, but amazed by the reason that we celebrate Christmas. This good news, great joy 
for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you get these guys? They're not the scholars of their day. They're folks making a living. They were farmers, if you want to put it in today's terms. And God says to them, today, today the Savior's been born, and he is Christ the Lord. Now you have to understand, this people have been looking forward to this fulfillment of prophecy now for generations. And now on the fulfillment of what God has done in the giving of his son, he chooses, he selects purposely the guys watching the sheep. And he says, all today, today the Christ, the one you've been looking for, the one you've been waiting on, the one that has been promised for all these decades is here. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. And then, if the presence of the angel wasn't enough, and then suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, read it with me, will you? Glory to God in the highest And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think we did that justice. Can Can you imagine the angels? Well, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men in whom he is well pleased. I just suspicion there was a little more, a little more in volume and excitement than maybe what we just did. So stand up. Maybe your diaphragm's a little tight. (laughs) Clear your throat. It's okay. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men in whom he is pleased. That was better. You know what I think? That's right. You can do better. (laughs) You ready? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Father, thank you for the joy we have of hearing this message, this angelic message. Glory to you, Father. Glory, glory, glory to you. And thank you for your peace in our lives. Those of us with whom you're pleased, those of us who have received your grace, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. That was great. You guys did good. Now, when you get back in your your car now and you're going home, practice again. Maybe we can do this next week and you'll be even more prepared than you were today. I know I sprung that one on you, so I get it, okay? All right.
When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Oh, let us go to Bethlehem. Let us see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, I want you to catch this, and I want you to catch something in a moment that we're going to cover here. As I read this, I didn't see anywhere where the angels instructed the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. Now, they said, you'll find it, but, and maybe I'm just reading it incorrectly, but I didn't see anything where he was saying, you got to go see this. But after they left, what they said was, we got to go see this. We want to, I mean, here, the God of heaven picks us. Can you imagine these guys? The God of heaven picks us to give this message to, this incredible good news to. We're not just going to hang out here. We're going to do what? We're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to see what the Lord has made known to us. We're going to have a visual of the verbal So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph. Ever thought about how they found their way to Mary and Joseph? It's at night, right? Somebody sang it, the star. The star directed them just like it directed the wise man, as far as we know. And the baby, as he lay in the manger, can you imagine as a shepherd walking into, first of all, you got to understand this is a stable. Remember, again, we're going to talk more about how God did this and why he did it the way he did. But here's this baby in a manger. And for those who may not know, that's a food trough. Okay. That's where they put the hay, the animals to eat. And there, laying in the manger, laying in the animal food trough, is God incarnate. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's why it's imperative, I think, for us to not be dazed, but be amazed at the reason that we celebrate Christmas. God chose this as his way of doing what he did. This was his choice, his will, his way. And when they seen this, here's what I want you to get. First of all, the the angels didn't say, now you need to go see it. But now they decided and chosen to go see the Christ child. And when they have seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this Christ. Can you imagine? Joseph and Mary there in the stable. How many of you men have ever given birth to a child? (laughs) Me neither. But here's Mary having just birthed a child. Yes, it's God incarnate, but birthed a child. And she is hearing how these shepherds abiding in the field have now been addressed by an angelic being and sung to by an an angelic angelic choir the glory of God and who this is and what this is all about 
And that's why I would again, and I'm going to keep saying this throughout this process, that we would stay in that place. And we have to choose to do it. It's not going to happen just because we think it's a good idea. We choose to stay amazed at our Christ and our God and what he has done in the work of the Holy Spirit and the giving of his son. They're they're talking to Joseph and Mary. You guys don't believe Man, we were out with the sheep. This angel shows up and tells us about you, Mary, having this baby here in the city of David in a manger. And then, if that wasn't enough, we had this glorious chorus of angels singing praise to our God. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. Look at this. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Isn't there something about a mother's heart? Isn't it amazing? It is to me. My goal with the three children that God allowed us to have was to get them up and get them out in a godly way. Just so you know. Sheila didn't always share that same goal. Oh, she'd you know, get them up, but get them out, really? I told her, if you quit being so good to them, they'll leave. <laughs> but she never did. But they eventually did leave. That mother's heart. Mary has had her own experience with an angel. When she was told that she was chosen by God to have the Christ child. And now there's greater treasure as she is told by the shepherds of their encounter with an angel. And she just holds that stuff right there in her heart. Something about that. And the shepherds, they were just telling what they'd witnessed. Here's what I want you to get. Please get this. They went back. Back to where? Back to what? Back to the pasture. Back to the sheep. But as they're going, they're glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. All that had been told to them. So here's the question for us today. If we're willing to be those who truly are not just dazed, but amazed. Are we telling the story of the Christ child? Do we get so busy in the Christmas season with all the activities? And there are plenty, and like I say, there are some wonderful things going on. There really are. But not to the place that it captures our attention to such a degree that we forget 
what this season really is all about. Last week, the message title was, I am a disciple maker. That's who I am in Christ. Well, guess what? (laughs) That truth is still true. And some of the people that we're discipling, pouring our lives into, as I mentioned last week, and again, thank you so much because so many people responded to getting the tags off the trees and off the tree and helping finance the Christmas shop as you did. But it may be that clerk that you're in a rush to get your purchases made from who may need a word from God. My admonition for all of us, as we are amazed in the season for what God has done and how God has provided and what he has accomplished through the giving of his son, that we are not so dazed that we forget that not every person that we speak to in this Christmas season knows who the Christ child really is. Oh, should that be true in America after all these years? Yes, it should, but it's not. It really isn't. And you will be amazed, I think, at what God will allow you to do as you share his reality with whomever he chooses to put in your path. Just be willing. Say what? I'm not really good at that kind of stuff. You don't have to be. The Holy Spirit of God will work in your life and my life, and not just in this season, but any time. To be able to share the reality of Christ with another person. And some of them are those who have come to know Christ. But somehow have lost their way. I told you the story last week of the mission couple in Africa. And how the mother had passed away. And the dad gave his child away. And his departure from the mission field. Well let me tell you the Paul Harvey side of the story. When this young woman, as a woman, heard what God had done through the ministry of her parents and even including the death of her mother, she was determined to find her biological father who had forsaken her there on a mission field, just literally gave her to another couple. She was able to locate him, found out that he had remarried and had another family she called talked to one of his of her stepsisters as it were not stepsister half sister made an appointment went to their home and when she arrived the half sister said to her we're so glad you've come to find your dad but whatever you do Do not mention God to him because he hates God. Now, this was a man who had given his life to missions many years before. 
this young woman determined not only to reunite with her father, but to help her father reunite with God. Went in, and as time went on, she was able to tell her father the story, what God had done, and the supernatural work that had been accomplished through what he thought was abandonment from God and a failed mission. Her father was not far from physical death. Before his death, she was able to reunite him with his heavenly father. We never know the people that we're going to encounter and what they have been through, what their stories are. So again, please, 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 don't get so rushed in this season. Don't stay so dazed by all the events and festivities, as good as they are. But let the amazement of Christ in you be the story that you tell with whomever God gives you that privilege and opportunity to do so. Because the greatest gift of Christmas is Christ. Maybe you're spending mega bucks for Christmas. I don't know. But the gift that God gave of his son, that we now have the privilege and opportunity to share with someone else, is the gift that makes a difference in all of eternity. I've told you that because I am involved in the community as I am, I end up doing a fair amount of funerals of people that I don't know. I have asked, and I always ask the family to introduce me to their loved one. You've heard this before. I've told it over and over. Since I didn't have the privilege of knowing them, please introduce me. What made them so special? What made them who they were? And they'll introduce me to their loved one through their stories. And then I'll ask, if it hasn't already been revealed, please tell me about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The responses are varied. Most recently, when I was getting ready to conduct a service of this nature, I was asking the son about his mom's relationship with Christ. Oh, it was a a dead giveaway. (laughs) As soon as I asked him, he just started smiling. (laughs) He said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mom, she knew Jesus. Do you know that you could buy someone a Christmas present this year and give it to them? And it may be something they like or not. It may be something they could use or not. But there's one gift that, oh yeah, can make all the difference. And that is the gift of the good news of Jesus Christ. Once you've done that, and prayerfully you've done that, not just in a way that honors God, but you're doing it from a life that honors God as well. 
It's not your responsibility how they decide. But it is your responsibility to keep praying that they will decide and receive this baby boy born in a manger as their personal Savior. What the angel said, he's the Savior. They were telling the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. God, we love you. We thank you for today, for how you're continuing to allow us to make those conscious decisions of being truly amazed by you and all that you do and all that you've done and how this incredible gift, this gift that these shepherds had the privilege of proclaiming to their neighbors and their friends. We have that same gift. Use us, Father, in this Christmas season. In a way that glorifies you. In a way that honors you. We praise you for this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.